0: All right. As-salamu alaykum. Welcome to another edition of Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq Al-Amin. We are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. And if you are new to the Radio Islam family, the Radio Islam podcast, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. You can keep up with us by following and liking our pages on social media. You will find us on uh Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Radio Islam USA. That's at Radio Islam USA, and you can also list us wherever you get your podcasts. Same username at Radio Islam USA. All right, folks. Uh, we're going to begin with a a warm Ramadan Mubarak. Uh, pray that your Ramadan is going well. The fast is uh, you're reaping the benefits of it. We have a special conversation today now about a week ago i had two dynamic authors well that's just one of the hats that they wear um we had them on and we spoke to them we spoke to uh sister gail fripp and sister khadija Haq. and well first before bringing them on i'll tell you their books so you can go to amazon and look for them uh but uh sister uh, gail's book it is surviving me journeys through managing anxiety and stress and finding spiritual peace and Sister uh, Khadija, she is the author of the children's book, Nani's Hijab. And um, throughout the course of our discussion, we went through quite a bit. And we said we need to we need to, we need more time because um, Sister Khadija dropped a bomb on us uh, during our conversation. And we didn't get to finish. So we said, you know, what? we're going to come back. We are going to talk a little bit more and explore some of those uh, conversations. So uh, they are with us on the line. Assalamualaikum. Lamb. all right yeah so um sis khadija it was you who dropped that dropped that that bombshell that big uh one hour conversation extender um and let, let's go back to that so we were talking about we talked of course of course we talked about you all's uh books um we talked about culture sensitivity, Islamophobia. And one of the comments that I recall uh you making was with regard to Muslim women uh in general and um African American Muslim women uh particularly, um in talking uh you brought up the, the the you brought up the idea of being unprotected. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now where where did that come from? You know what? Would you there was a there was a situation that you recently went through. I believe it was on um it was on a flight. Am I am I mistaken or am I correct in that? Oh, that's me. Yes. Okay. I was on the
1: flight. I was on a flight. Okay.
2: And um so there was this lady. So let me try to cut out the that and go straight to the point. There was this lady who um, she got involved in another conversation that I was having with another passenger and I told her that I wasn't speaking to her. So from that point on, she decided that, you know, oh, I'm just going to give it to you. So she went on, began kicking my chair and actually putting her feet at one point on me. And then she was saying derogatory remarks behind my head. This happened. The flight was about two hours and half, two and a half hours or so. And so at some point she got up and she went to talk to the stewards in the back. And then she, I think she made friends with them because by the time she came back, they were all so concerned about her um, her safety kept checking in on her. And then finally, she continued with her behavior, even though they were all, are you okay? Are you, you know, check, just checking in on her. And they were just, "You know, were are you okay? How are you feeling? Is everything okay? Are you okay? Each one as they passed by. And so finally, I just said, can you please tell this lady to stop? I grabbed one of them. And um, I asked, her, can you please tell her to stop kicking my chair? She's cussing at me she's you know making derogatory remarks and she's kicking my chair mm. so the one said okay i'll tell her but she didn't say anything and she went ahead and she walked to the flight to the front of the plane the second one was, was a male um i said to him can you please tell this lady to stop kicking my chair and he said that that wasn't his job to tell passengers what to do and i said well what is your job And he said, well, my job is to keep safety, make sure passengers are safe. And I said, well, I feel unsafe. I feel unsafe. She's kicking my chair. She's making derogatory remarks. I feel unsafe. And he says, well, what would you like me to do in this very condescending voice? And I said, I would like for you to tell her to stop kicking my chair. And then he bent down, like, as if he was speaking to a kindergartner. "Um, Would you please... Stop kicking her chair. Uh, thank you. And so I said, okay, what's your name? And he said, he told me his name. And I said, okay, thank you. All right, fine. From that point on, now you would have thought that that would have been it. Nope, that wasn't it. From that point on, she he stuck her, both her middle fingers up behind my head. Which now, my husband, mind you, is sitting right next to her. She Hold
0: on, Siskadisha. Middle Khadija.
2: fingers up behind my head. Hello, Go ahead. I'm
0: sorry. Let, let me just ask. You. Why was she using uh, derogatory language, profanity towards you? Why was she using? Yeah, uh, how, I don't know. How did that? How did that come
2: up? Absolutely, I can't. I can't tell you. My husband's sitting behind, beside her with my oldest mom, the 15 year old daughter, hmm. and I'm sitting in front of her with the um no i'm sitting next to her in front of her and she's sitting next to her husband Mm -hmm. so i have my daughter the baby next to me and the 15 year old is either next to me or next to my husband but the baby is next to me and i'm sitting directly in front of her and she's just the whole time it is here's what i come down to she didn't appreciate me telling her that I wasn't speaking to her <laughs> that I was black telling her that I wasn't speaking to her.
1: Uh-huh. That
2: I was black and Muslim telling her that I wasn't speaking to her. <laughs> mm. Uh whatever the combination of the you know two were right. which whatever one, singular, you know, or both of them collectively, she did not like me saying to her, I'm not speaking to you. So from You're that point control. on right because from that point on she through the entire ride she just went berserk then we got off the plane mm-hmm. and when we got off the plane i pulled my daughters to the side to wait for my husband to come through mm-hmm. and as we're off to the side she and her husband they come past and when they get past when they get right to us she starts screaming dark turd, all of these these Really like ridiculous names. Pizza S H, blah blah blah. Now I'm I lost my cool. Sorry. But I totally lost it and I was in my mind I knew I wasn't going to hit her. But in my heart I definitely <laughs> wanted to hit her. Right. Like I knew I'm no I know that I'm not gonna hit her. Right because I got my kids with me and that's I can't do my kids like that. Mm-hmm. But my heart is like whoa, law. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, just one quick, quick lap across the head, and this all to be over with. But um, <laughs> I <can't>. you know, <laughs> right? So you know, I just kind of like went through this thing with her, and back and forth, and then, you know, I said some things, she said some things, and what I found interesting was her husband did not have a be- problem with her behavior at all the only problem he had was i said something she you know looked like she lost a couple days sleep and i said something about her bags under her eyes Mm. and he was (laughs) offended by that so he he was really offended by that that remark that's enough please don't say that but but he he didn't say anything though and but um Yeah, when I even called, followed up with the phone call with Frontier Airlines, Frontier Airlines pretty much gave me, you know, the the typical, we apologize for your experience. Um, We, um, and I didn't mean to say their name, but uh, we apologize for their experience. (laughs) And we can't control other passengers. However, one of the employees should have gotten involved. And we're sorry that, you know, they failed to um, mitigate the situation. And so that was that was my experience on the plane. Mm. I had a couple of feelings from that um, situation because I felt like had the roles been reversed and I was the one kicking her chair or mm-hmm. calling her name or whatever it had been, that mm-hmm. they would have made, you know, they would have put some serious effort into either quieting me down mm-hmm. or removing me from the flight.
3: Oh, they would turn the plane around. Yep. <laughs> right back to start. Yep.
0: But the good Maybe thing you is... Been
3: off, your family would have been off mm-hmm. for sure.
0: But you did not allow it to become a, uh, a, a, a situation in the air. It didn't escalate into a physical situation uh why are you guys no,
2: were No, I I mean, you know, I had my daughters with me, so I definitely would not have allowed it to go that far. But I mean, I I'm, I'm I'm human, you know, and if someone is in your personal space, you know, it's the thing you want to do is to strike, to push them away. Right. And I reserved that because I, there were other people with me that, uh, besides myself. But the thing was is that my husband who i know he really meant well and i know he didn't mean it in the way that i took it mm. his thing was you're going to get in trouble you're going to get in trouble and so that is how you know it was like oh you're going to get in trouble if you if you know if you continue this arguing or whatever you're going to get in trouble whereas she didn't feel any of that of you know, any pressure—not from her spouse or from the airline or anyone—telling her she's going to get in trouble. She felt free.
0: Let me ask to say Sister Gail. What, let me, let me whatever ask, she
2: wanted to say. Let me be ask you to that point. Act but... any kind of way she wanted to be. Right. So me... when we say, you know, um, being protected. Black women aren't protected. There was a gentleman who walked, and I and I use that term loosely, because he was, was far less than a gentleman. He walked between us, and he said, "You Nigg's, get on my blank blank nerves. I hate y'all like that." And I'm what? like, "What? I didn't know that." Yes. This. Oof, uh, let, let me, wow.
0: let, me this, just, let me ask this. Let me ask this question turn here. my attention so it's deep. To
2: him. Although I really want to. Hang on, hang on one second. Say, are you really? Oh, Hang I really on want to ask you something. Yeah,
0: let me let me ask hey. this question. I want, I want to direct this to Sister Gail um, as, as you're listening to this with me. Do you think to her point, do you do you think that a majority of people have a hesitance uh, in asking for help or pointing out uh, an injustice uh, because they are worried that they themselves are going to be further uh, victimized, that they're going to get in trouble?
3: Oh, yeah. So um, if I'm understanding you correctly, if if I was to say something that that there would be more that came down on me, you know, for even trying to step in and say something, you know, I would be put on the spot. Yes. You know, all of my business out there or they would try to come down on me for that. Right. Um, it, it, yes, I, I believe so. People are afraid to get involved because of uh, the way that they're treated once that once they do. You know, if you're on the wrong side, you know, quote, unquote, wrong side of that, um, which is usually anybody who's, who's of color of any kind, um, then you probably will be persecuted for something you didn't do, for trying to step up and trying to protect somebody, you know, and all of that. And we've been conditioned to not get involved because they tried to make an example of those people who do. And that's that's a problem because that leaves us further um, not protected by anything. Even though we have a right to be protected, we have a you know a right to walk and not be harassed all the time. But they're making us feel like you do have that right. But if you speak up, I'm gonna let you know how hard it is to get your right. Hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know and make you an example for everybody else. You know who tries to get their right. You know, and that that's such a huge problem. You know, and then that leaves that leaves us not protected because a lot of the time black women will stand up and they're going to fight and they're going to fight and they're going to fight because they, we don't have a, we don't have another choice other than to do that if we wait for somebody to protect us you know that could be forever if we um you know don't say anything then we're going to get beat down and most of the time we're probably not going to take that very well like khadija was saying she had it in her mind you know to to fight you know but her kids were standing there and you know i have to admit I, I battle with that sometimes. I've never had the situation that Khadija has had. But, um, you know, sometimes you just see people, you know, looking at you kind of different. And you got your kids with you or something like that. And, you know, sometimes I have a smart mouth every now and again. But, <laughs> you know, you just you have to look at your kids and like, what is the lesson I'm going to teach? You know, what should I say? What shouldn't I say? When should I tell them how to protect themselves? When to stand up, when to stand down, you know, when to let people be idiots, and, and you have to go through this constantly in your head, you know. So when you're by yourself and the situation happens, you, you equally have a choice whether you're going to say something or not. But definitely you will probably be more verbal and more aggressive when you're by yourself because it's a matter of sometimes life and death. It's a matter of people not overstepping their boundaries and, and not letting, uh, not, you not letting them know that you're a punk, you know, or something like that. You have to stand up. Whether you want to fight or not, there's no choice, mm. you know. And so um, that's, that's a problem. Other people coming in, how many people want to get involved in a situation like that? And there's very few, it appears, who want to get involved. And that's such a huge issue, such a huge issue, Brother
1: Tark.
2: But, Brother Tark, I want to um, bring in a separate issue on the same note. Sure. On, a, on the same no. There was a recent video. Uh, I think it happened in Wildwood. New Jersey, where the two cops uh, were beating up a little young lady on the beach. What people didn't realize is that her husband was standing there with their baby watching these two cops punch his wife in the face. And so, yes. And so, when I think about being protected Mm -hmm. and what, who can. Who will go up again? You know, there's a um, there's a scene, and I believe the butler, mm-hmm. where the um, overseer comes and, you know, sleeps with one of the women in the field, and the son says to the father, and I believe it's far as Whitaker's, as a young boy, he says to his father, you're going to just let him do that to mom? And as soon as the father gets up to walk, to say something to the overseer, he takes all this revol- revolver and shoots him right in the forehead. And so it's like the overseer shot him in the forehead. Yes, yeah, shot the father. Oh wow! In the forehead for trying as soon to stand as he up. Stood up right. For trying to stand up. Yeah. As soon as he stood up, that sounds about right. The son said, "Dad, you know you're going to let him do that to mom." And as What's soon as he do? stood up, and as soon as he went to go say something, he barely he didn't part his lips. Mm. He just went to his face. The overseer shot him in the forehead. Mm. So that, you know, that goes in. What, what, how far are you willing to go to stand right. up? And who's going to stand up for you? Now we're in this police state mm. where police can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. There's no boundaries to the police. The over they, they, they can beat they can beat a uh, yeah, when they stand up they, they mm-hmm. can beat a wife in front All of her day. husband then you still now we're in uh hyper exaggerated where white people are taking privilege, even though that was a white woman on the beach, but mm-hmm. they're taking privilege to just randomly call the police. they don't like anything that you say, they don't like where you are what are you what you're doing mm-hmm. going to call the police this is so, right. You know, they the who's gonna how far is can will someone go? And like I think I said before, the to say, um about um oh my just slipped my mind. About uh protection and just oh, I want to, you know, I'm gonna you should you don't get involved like my husband said to me but i know this wasn't what he was thinking he was thinking that i'm going to go over my bounds and i'm going to do something that's going to get myself in trouble but mm-hmm. um you know i know when you when people say when what about them what about the girl Well, what does she do making excuses to not protect her to not have protect do you when those young lady muslim young lady got killed snatched by the immigrant from um south america Mm -hmm. and everyone was like well what happened to the boys that she was with and then Mm -hmm. it came that the boys the, the the parent of the boys said don't point at the boys they were they didn't know or they were scared but you all but my thing is and i'm not blaming anyone so i'm not blaming the boys and i'm not blaming anyone particular about that situation except for that criminal who harmed that young lady. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. As of, when you go out as a group, when I, went, when I was taught, when we were young, when you grow out as, go out as a group, you come back as a group. Mm-hmm. You, know? right. you don't leave anyone behind. And mm-hmm. so, but still, we have this situation now where boys are watching girls fight or they're fighting the girls. So now you have right. the boys fighting the girls openly.
0: You know what? Before so we... where
2: does this protection come from? Before this before protecting?
0: we go into because th- that's that's another piece that's another layer to that to that conversation I think that we saw that we were possibly we're going to get into. Let me dial it back a moment and and, and address the um, the situation with the police. So the uh, this young woman uh, this wife is being assaulted by the police um, and they're punching her in the face and her husband is standing nearby holding their holding their child. Now, yes. the what what I'm looking at is, or my question is, um, do you all agree that we look at individual incidents instead of looking at the um, looking at the just the, the structure, the systemic, uh, the structure of of the system, the uh, the structure of policing, um, accountability of policing, uh, and we most often stand up and we, we protest against these individual incidents, uh, but there's never there where well, there's rarely uh, any, any systemic um, uh, change. There's never, there's rarely a change in accountability. So my question is, since that is most often the case, how do we get to the point where, uh, the system it serves everyone because that's that's the general generally the idea. You know, if, if you have an emergency that you feel like you can call the police, whatever your uh, ethnicity is, whatever your gender, mm-hmm. as opposed to calling them and worrying that they're going to exacerbate uh, whatever uh, emergency is going on uh, in your in your home. Well, with
2: my limited understanding of the political system. Mm-hmm um we need reform <laughs> we need a whole system reform but here's what happened in Philadelphia with the police yeah. and this is why um when i when i understand like representation our mayor was black our police chief was black mhm our fire chief was black so when i see three powerful black men in the most powerful positions that you can be in, in a city, and the system still works against the citizens of that city or the constituents of that city. Right. It makes me wonder, well, what, well, what team are you playing for? And what exactly is the goal of being in those positions of power? And how do the same police chief that's the police chief now He was well he was not the police chief then but he got promoted but there was another black police chief at the time and still the same behavior is still going on there was a police policeman six foot tall plus punched a woman right in her face and he was put on leave and then brought back so what can be done now we need to revamp the system we can't just take them off and put them on leave or no it has to be something this is how you treat we're, they're no longer there to protect and serve mm-hmm. now they're there to guide to oppress like we're just going to keep you they're guarding we're going to keep you out of this space so that these people can feel free and anything else we're policing you we're guarding them and policing you so they're no longer there to serve and protect so they're not there to do a job for all of the constituents. They're only there for a part of the constituents. And that's why the system is the way it is, because they're there to keep other people in line. And as long as that's the police, we're living in a police state. And as long as that is the, the way that it is, the system is the way it is, there's not going to be any changes. There's, and, that's, and I'm very limited in the politics, but there's not going to be any changes. As long as that's the way and the goal is to police the low men and mm-hmm. guard and protect the, uh, you know, the wealthy, All right. there's, there's not going to be any changes. Mm. Let me
3: add to that too, Khadijah, is that, um, you know, also not a political expert. However, you know, what, what consistently happens and you can see the patterns that are going on, you know, over the years is that when, black people try to come together, and when we try to get things organized, you'll notice that something pops up to disrupt the whole thing. You know, some other incident with, you know, an officer killing a black person, then what does that do? That that takes our resources. You know, we start protesting and yelling about, you know, them killing, you know, so-and-so or beating up so-and-so and, you know, and all of that. So then now our, our resources are divided again. Then we can't figure out how to come back and on which issue that we should come back and attack first. You know, so we're constantly scattered, and they keep us like that because we, we don't come together ourselves. There's not enough of us coming together at one time on one issue. You see how fast they got all them gay rights and everything passed? You know, all, all those things that get passed mm-hmm. uh, because they stuck together. And they, and they came together for, for a purpose, and they, they did their money. You know, they pulled their money together, and they used their money as a weapon, all this kind of stuff. And we are so scared to do that. Because we have been conditioned with the overseer thing. You know? You know, we what down every time we start it.
0: That's that's an okay. interesting. In
2: addition to you and y and we're all, this 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 all going together. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Because think about how we go from one situation to the next situation. This day we're protesting H and M. This day we're protesting Starbucks. Then we're protesting this and we keep uh, protesting the petty thing instead yeah. of the haven't our money markets. to fight the big things.
0: Exactly. But you know yeah. what? There is a, there is a, um, even in this idea of doing for self, right? There is still a relationship that um, that I, I'll say that that Allah calls us to, right? Uh, d- despite our not despite, but in support or in the, the strengthening of the the differences that we have. Uh, they're strengthened when we when we come together um you know with mutual uh respect and, and regard given uh to one another right you know allah says uh, in the quran you know i uh, have created you of tribes and nations you know that uh you might uh know one another not despise one another to benefit from your association with one another now i bring that up for this reason uh you mentioned the the lobby right the um the L B G T Q uh they Um, right that that lobby uh they aligned themselves quite expertly with with quite a few other um uh, coalitions or they they built coalitions uh, or they joined coalitions that were already in existence so and i think that's been the case for 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 most successful uh movements uh, that have gained any type of traction in mainstream america uh, if we look back to the civil rights movement, right, or the march on Washington, <clears throat> uh when Dr. King gave his, you know, famous, you know, have a dream speech, that there mm-hmm. were uh estimate of twenty five percent of the uh, of those in attendance were uh were Caucasian, were white people. Um, mm-hmm. there is something to be said for uh for extending a call that resonates with all people of conscience uh conscience. And when we talk about Um, the over-policing of black and brown neighborhoods Uh, it's not something that should be spoken about simply around black and brown dinner tables or in our houses of worship or in in our associations Um, but it's something that should be talked about um, writ large you know in, in in the in the mainstream and with the purpose of not not just complaining right because I know we are we are tired of complaining um but with the purpose of bringing it to the uh to the forefront of the conscience and changing uh changing the situation changing the system um i mean to have people in positions of power you know if you have you have a black police chief and fire chief and a mayor um but that really that doesn't really change a system i mean it it can be aspiring inspiring for people to see uh just like it was inspiring for uh, millions of African-Americans to see, you know, uh, President Obama. Uh, but right. that doesn't change a system. That doesn't change the culture of a people. Uh, and <laughs> so, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. it's balancing w- what's what's inspiring um, with what actually is going to help to change uh, the system for the better. And then also, also in us being intelligent and not I – because mean, we don't have to be political ex- experts – Right. It's Mm -hmm. just about us recognizing we all have the capacity to recognize what's right and what's fair, what's just and and act on that Um, and aligning ourselves with other groups, um, regardless of, you know, what their platform is, but aligning ourselves with uh, with people of faith, people of of conscience and letting that become the fight for uh, for for the for society as a whole and not just one group
3: yep yeah I, I I agree with that and I think one of the problems I think that uh, that we have with aligning with other organizations mm-hmm. is that sometimes we rely on the other organizations um, especially if they are not of color we rely on them to fight the fight for us mm. you know and we kind of take a backseat like yeah we're gonna we're gonna you know partner with you and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that okay but then we take a back seat. Even right. though we know what's necessary and what's needed, uh, we take a back seat. When really we should be the ones who push it forward mm-hmm. and we allow the other organizations to come in. If you want to support, okay, but it's, it's going to be by, by these, you know, this is, this is what we need. This is, this is what we're going to focus on. We, we don't want to focus on 12 things at a time. Let's go here. Let's go there. You know, and then we have to stand up for our own fight. Right. We have a problem sometimes with, with standing up for our own fight. You know, and doing the things that we need to do, we'll we'll give so many people so many chances. But the minute one black person messes up with another black person, you know that other person's name is dirt. You know, don't don't do business with them. Don't do this Instead of giving them a chance, instead of helping them out, instead of standing together and say, how can we strengthen this? How can we push this forward? We just we just give it up and say that's why I'm gonna go shop with so and so. You know, and so we we need to understand what our own individual strengths are. And you are so right; we don't have to be political experts. But we need to understand we all have an individual strength, and we need to use that as much as we can instead of saying, you know, I'm not this. And then we just step back and say, well, I can't do it all, so I'm not going to do it at all. We need right. to do exactly what we can do when we need to do it because we need each and every individual. And yeah. that, that's going to be one of the major things that helps us to form these coalitions, um, have them stay strong, and then to bring other people in, you know, with us if that's necessary, and then push forward. Because if we don't do that, if we don't understand that we are powerful as we are, then we're going to have a problem no matter who we bring in.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And then I think also we need to be like with with any relationship, you have to take your battle. Uh, some of these things we, we have to, you know, let whoever is involved in it deal with it. But if it's physical, yeah, we need to deal with that. But sometimes these things aren't worth a collective effort just to focus all of our energy on this one this week and then the next one next week and then the next one next week and then when all of these things in between all of these things they wave a shiny new object to distract all of that Mm -hmm. oh some new challenge some new song a new dance and then all of that just gets swept right up under the rug and so what we need are some real political leaders that are going to say okay While the masses are looking at that, let's form this coalition with the people that, you know, are of strength Mm -hmm. and put our focus on the necks of the police, on the necks of the Senate, Mm -hmm. on the necks of the governor, because without that, there won't be there won't be any changes. There won't be any changes. But the mass of the black community are looking towards every new shiny object that somebody waves in front of our faces, whether it's, you know, oh, somebody got stopped. Oh, somebody this, but now here's a new dance. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a new song. And then we just take our whole focus off of that and then focus on this new song. And are we still protesting? Oh, I don't know. Let's wait for the the new protest. And so that's just spreading our power way too thin. The LGBT mm-hmm. and what the following letters, dot, 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 after that. Mm-hmm. They don't right. so They do not do that. When something goes down in their community, they focus, every person comes out of the woodwork, to focus on that one thing until it's changed.
1: Mm-hmm. And so they, they, focus it. yeah. they focus on systemic. They focus on systemic And si- then they focus change. on
2: the next thing until it's changed. And to the point now they're married, or they're getting the certificate of marriage, right? Mm-hmm. Or and they have insurance for the marriages. So they have. Unlike an if you've been a in the commonwealth relationship with someone and you've had this man as your husband for a, which is common in the black community for twenty years, he's in some places he still can't be on your insurance, you yeah. know. But now you can with this LGBT dot the dot. Right relationship you know so we don't our our minds are scattered we're we're, we're just we we have to focus and we have we can't get dazzled and distracted by every shiny object that show and i really believe these um videos are on purpose i there's 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 no doubt in my mind that these videos, the police videos, are on purpose. It's like the they say the Willie Lynch letter is false, but I definitely believe that it's all along on this time of, on this um, line goes in line with the Willie Lynch letter. Because if I show you, constantly keep showing you what I'm capable of doing, then mm-hmm. when you come when you meet that or you come across it, you'll behave or alter your behavior. So I think that these videos are done on purpose so that the masses can see them. How else? Who's leaking them? If the police video is from the police car, who's leaking the video onto Facebook?
0: That is one. (laughs) That is definitely one way to to, uh, look at that. Um, And it's sort of it kind of goes in line with the pictures of uh, if you've ever looked at I shouldn't say if, if you ever, but if you've. If you've seen certain pictures of uh, lynchings where the cr- of, of uh, African Americans, where the crowds gather together, and um, you know there's a photographer there taking pictures, uh, there right. in quite a few of those pictures, there is an individual pointing towards those who have just been lynched, and the idea behind that is it is to be a reminder uh, and to instill fear in Uh, in others to let them know that if you step out of line if you do anything this could be your fate as well but look you know what let's go ahead we're going to take a a, a quick a quick break Um, and when we come back we should get into what should we oh we have to talk about the um, uh, Sister Khadija where you about to go you're about to talk about the just the difference between uh, the change in how men and women are relating to one another um some of the, the uh, i think i think you might have said you saw some some something violent uh where those occurrences are becoming more frequent so yeah so we'll, we'll get into that so we're going to take a short break um we are talking with uh sister khadija abdul haq sister gail fripp and uh this is radio slam wcv 1450 am we'll be back in just a minute
4: Hey America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America when I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's kind of like an elephant. It's on my chest. I feel like I'm choking. Sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital.
0: You know how to react to their asthma attacks. Here's how to prevent them. Call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor. Because even one attack is one too many.
4: I feel like a fish with no water.
0: Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Welcome back to Radio Islam. This is your host, Tariq El and we are still broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, streaming at WCEV1450.com. Uh, remember to keep up with us and follow and like us on social media. Uh, you'll find us at Radio Islam USA, and you can also find us wherever you get your podcasts at Radio Islam USA. Uh, we're talking with Gail Fripp and Khadija Abdul Haq, and I'm going to go ahead and just. Fade that music on now. Bring no. our yep. friends Don't back let go, sorry. All right. You guys are still there? I to
3: be rude. So I was quiet. All
0: right. <laughs> oh, no, you, you guys are fine. You, your mics were down and all that good stuff. We're letting those commercials <laughs> roll. So, um, yeah, so uh, a few minutes ago, right, we, we were talking about the systemic representation or the uh, the resistance, right? But you, you, you mentioned something earlier about How men and women or the attitudes about men fighting women, uh, how that is that that has changed. And that's not really something that people are as surprised to see as they may have once been. uh, Brother Tariq. Yes, ma'am.
2: Could you repeat that? Oh, Uh, OK. Sure.
0: Sure. Uh, So I was saying that uh, the attitudes, uh, societal attitudes towards uh, violence between men and women uh, has changed. And uh, not everywhere, but I think that it is probably, um, uh, you, you made a point, uh, Sis Khadija, about seeing that, uh, I guess, with more frequency. Uh, and I, I guess for those of us who are a little older, we recall that that was not something that you saw, uh, at least in the public. That's not something that you, you didn't see people fighting uh, in public or you didn't see boys fighting girls in public. Um, now we know we've mm. always had uh situa- situations of of domestic violence uh intimate partner violence, but to see a boy fighting a girl uh or you know things like that that's that's something that's rarely new um what wouldn't you say?
2: Well, I think um I had a neighbor and mm. my neighbor Micah, if you're listening my neighbor um we used to we used to fight quite frequently um and then we would play and we would fight and we would play but it was almost like he was my brother so it was never taken personally till this day i think if i called him um if i needed him that uh he would you know for not something extreme but you know he would be a friend so um, I think in that way, uh, there was always some kind of boy-girl fighting things going on. Right. But um, what, I, what I'm seeing now is it's happening on a larger scale. With the, one of the last videos I've seen of this situation was a group of girls, maybe five or six girls, and a group of boys. Approximately the same, maybe a little more, got into a brawl. The boys, the girls were talking, blah, 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 as girls do. Mm -hmm. And the boys just went in. Boom. And they started beating those girls as if they stole something. And when I think about that, it makes me think, one, what's going on in the home? Who's teaching you? Mm -hmm. and what makes you think that this is okay? And I know that boys have a thing with the the macho thing. I'm not saying all boys, but some boys. And I know that girls have a way of pushing those buttons. But now no one seems to have any uh, balance in what's too far and what's enough. And so – if a girl jump, jumps off in the mouth, that's just mouth. You can walk away from that. Right. But if you, but if she touches you, hits you, you have a right to defend yourself. You know, I'm not saying that you should ever be abused, that a boy should ever be abused by a girl. However, there's a, there's a boundary that, okay. uh-huh. you know, you, that's, in place by law by nature that men are naturally stronger and that strength happens early on maybe 13 when you go a mom goes to pop her son and realizes that he's a little stronger than he was the year before when she popped him (laughs) right you know and so she might have to take some extra either take some extra strength and force to finish that punishment, if that's what she going, she's going to do, or she's going to have to find a different way to punish him or, you know, discipline him. But you realize that boys have more strengths than girls. And I don't think boys are thinking about that these days. Even when you see, you know, a gay, a gay guy, he's out in the street fighting a girl. But he still, even though he thinks he's a girl, He's still a guy, and he's fighting a girl. And so I don't think people are realizing that there's a boundary boys are crossing, and it's causing a risk in male-female relationships. We have, we're raising our girls to be strong and tough because you got to take care of yourself. While we're giving boys all kinds of excuses and all kinds of reasons on why the world is against us. So we're raising our girls to be the protector and maintainer mm. of the men. Mm. While the men are just sitting back trying to own and uh, direct the women verbally or physically, you know. So, I mean, we're, we're at a crossroad here that if, if it doesn't change in the future, we'll just have a bunch of little girls out working pimping, literally being pimped by their mate, you know, to go do the job and bring back the money and, he, and if she doesn't, he'll crack her in the head. You didn't do what I say. And, you know, then she'll go out in the street and she's beating on the kids. The relationships are just getting
0: crossed. Gail?
3: <laughs> oh, why you throw it to me? Oh go my ahead. T- take, take that pitch, okay. Gail. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> go ahead, Brother Tartt. No, no. Uh, Sister Gail, go right ahead. Did, did oh, you want to reply okay. to that?
3: All right, did you ask me, <laughs> um, but yeah, these these relationships that are going on between the boys and the girls. I mean, I can remember uh, we were living in some apartment, and uh, you know, we had befriended. You know, you know how I do, Khadija. You know, I love to deal with the with the young ladies. You know, see how they're doing, check on them, you know, and all of that. See where their minds are. Are at. You know, so they would come over to my apartment, you know, and just randomly just have conversations with me, tell me what's going on in their day or whatever. You know, so one time, uh, one of my neighbor's daughters, she comes over and she's just hanging out. And then she starts talking about the little boys in the neighborhood who are trying to touch the girls in the neighborhood, you know, because they, they're starting to grow, you know, their breasts and, you know, they're getting mature and all that kind of stuff. So the boys are testing. They're going into their, you know, whatever, their manhood. So you know they're they're like play fighting, but they're grabbing on the girls and they're doing all these things and pinning them down mm. you know, and all this stuff, you know. So it's playful, mm. yeah. But the, but she, you know, she was so proud of herself and she said, "Yeah, the, the boys they get down, they get my friends down on the ground, but I get my respect. I fight. I get my respect." I was like, "That is not how this is. That's not how any of this works.
1: Right? Like, that's how this like, works. Right? that's <laughs> not how any
3: of this stuff works. Like y'all are seriously fighting these boys." For them not to touch you, one. But then you're playing it like it's a game, like you won. Uh-huh. But they come back the next day, and they come back the next day. You know, there, there's something being lost in communication about how we're supposed to, um, how we're supposed to use those feelings that they're getting. Because I always tell the kids, the boys and the girls, there's nothing wrong with the feelings you have. It's how you deal with mm-hmm. those feelings. You know, it's how you deal with them, how you use them, how who, how you're being taught to use these things, how the world is being taught, not only in your home, but the, how your friends are teaching you how to do it, how you're in the streets, the movies. the Everything is teaching you how to do this stuff. You know, so there there is definitely something lost in the communication, how, how we're having these kids use their strength, mm-hmm. not to protect the girls, but they're using it to overpower the girls overpower and let them know, overpower them. And I think mm-hmm. that also comes from the fact that, You know, as women, we're nurturers, and we don't want our boys—we don't want them to be hurt, and we don't want them to get out there. We're telling them, okay, don't do this because the police are going to stop you. Don't do that, which is really downplaying their masculinity because their their whole fervor is to get out there and be who they are as men. And
1: -hmm. they can't
3: because they're constantly being shot by the overseer, and we're trying to protect them from being shot by the overseer. So we're kind of putting that on ourselves girls you better get out there learn how to protect yourself boys you guys better be careful when you get out there and then we complain that they're not protecting the women but are we giving them the chance like what are the tools that we're actively showing them consistently telling them how to be men how to stand up when to overstep the boundaries Like, we have to figure that out what the balance is well you know we're scared
0: oh, I go ahead, think, brother. I think some of this comes from Um, It comes from this idea that that we believe and I I think I might have mentioned this before, but you know We believe in God, but we don't believe God, you know So Allah tells us, you know, there is there's there's a response. There's a a just response You know, you fight people who are fighting you when they stop you stop Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, he encourages modesty right in speech uh, in dress, you know, just just in the way we carry ourselves now believing that that means that we try to follow that uh even when uh in the face of a reality that goes completely opposite right and by that I mean our young people not just a young people young people but our society in particular it is um it is over sexualized uh, mm-hmm. so our young mm-hmm. people our young men or young women they're not being taught how to not just they're, they're not just being taught how to handle their their feelings and how to handle their development, but they are being taught to respond to, um, to simply just respond uh, to their urges, to respond to to look for gratification, immediate gratification, and that, you know, that goes through through everything, not just for the physical urges, it goes to the um, material urges as well, um, where you have people uh. who will, you know, somebody will knock you upside your head. To take your jordans not because they don't have shoes on but simply because oh. you know they want your jordans and the easiest exactly. way for them to get them in uh, an immediate uh situation is to pop you upside the head um so i think right as, as as believers right as as muslims i think we have a unique uh outlook uh we have a, a unique toolkit at our disposal that we don't always use or don't always advocate um um we we don't use it in a way that says okay i i realize what the situation is um but the only way to really challenge that you know you have young men who are fighting or beating on the people that they're supposed to be protecting uh mm-hmm. there's there's yeah. a reason there's a reason behind that um yeah. and there's and there's a way to to solve that also and sometimes it means that um you know it means that you know you might have to go upside one of these guys heads, um uh, until he gets himself together you know you have to restrain him but um i'm saying all of that just simply to say that our belief uh should it it should keep us hopeful that whatever the problems that we're having uh whatever the difficulties we see in society uh that we do have the tools to uh, to address them and to fix them, not just on an individual basis, but um, uh, systemically. So,
2: but if I can add to that, yeah. I mean, you spoke about um, moderating, moderating your urges.
1: Yeah. And,
2: but the thing, I think, within the Muslim community, one thing we miss, and Gail spoke recently about it, is that we're teaching the kids to suppress and to ignore
1: Mm -hmm. And,
2: you know, the reality of that, in this society as it is, it -hmm. was the same when the the Prophet was around. But now we have television, we have technology to go with it, Mm -hmm. as uh, both of you spoke of, excuse me, mentioned. And now we have all of these things that feed you know, their urges, but we're telling them to ignore them. And so it's You can't tell someone to ignore, you know, the pretty girl with the short skirt on Mm that just walked past you. You know, you have to explain to them why you not only religiously, religiously being the utmost reason why, Mm -hmm. but also what it does to your inside when you look at everything that crosses your path. You know, you're, you're never happy. You're never, you're never quenched. Your thirst is never quenched. You're always, oh, look at that, oh, oh, look at that, you know. Uh-huh. And so we're not teaching them that, you know, hey, this is natural that you're going to look at that pretty girl. And this is natural that that guy is attractive, that this is a natural thing. Yes. But in addition to that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's not natural to want to touch every guy or have every guy touch you. It's not natural for you to want to, you know, be physically involved with every girl or, have, you know, you've got to moderate that. And I think in Islam, we just teach our kids, for the most part, not every Muslim, but m- many Muslims, teach their children to suppress their feeling, ign- and many parents ignore that it even exists.
0: But you know what? Um, would, would you all agree that beauty... Uh, what we deem to be attractive—that's a culturally, that's a societally uh, agreed upon uh, ideal. And uh, as such, you know, we determine what we what we think is beautiful. We determine what we think think uh, looks nice, what are attractive features, and and all of these different things. So I don't think mm-hmm. it's I don't think it's any different for our young people to teach them uh, and to and to model ourselves that there's beauty and modesty, and that doesn't mean that necessarily that it's gonna present itself in the same way, right? Because we have um, you know, everybody doesn't dress the same, right? But we can all be modest. Uh so once if, right. if if there's an appreciation for modesty and that in itself becomes uh something that you look for uh that you can appreciate as being beautiful, then those other presentations where somebody's walking out and and you know they've they don't don't have on anything, man or woman, right? They you know, they got on just the bare minimum.
1: Because <laughs> you know, it go,
0: it goes both ways now. Right? Um, yes. then those just become outliers. They don't become they're not they're not feeding uh an appetite because that appetite doesn't exist. And the other thing that I would say is uh imagine the impact. I mean, for those of us uh who who are married, right? I mean just imagine and you know what fasting does for you right fasting makes you tired in a whole lot of ways right
1: right in um, <laughs> exactly. a whole lot of
0: ways i don't even There's have to, to go go into it right <laughs> but if our young people if they saw that as a part of their toolkit right fasting which 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 is in it, which is in the quran right um, mm-hmm. says that you should be fasting and it has its own effect it ha- it has its own um own healing, uh, and it gives you an ability to to go about your business, uh, and not right. be just a, a ball of unfulfilled energy. So mm. I think once again, it's using the the tools that we've been given. Um, and I think, uh Kadija, you mentioned, you know, um, uh, during the time of the Prophet, peace and right? be upon him, right? This is the jahlia, um period, time of, of ignorance, and people just. Just doing whatever, you know, running around, you know, mm-hmm. naked, you know, having right. uh, sexual relations in the streets. There was a, there had to be a, a restructuring, a re, a reorienting of behavior. They had to teach um, and condition people to have different se- sensitivities to what was, what was beautiful, what was acceptable. And I, I don't think that our job is any different, um, any mm-hmm. different today, or could have any less of a of an impact if we implemented those things. Uh, so thank you both again. All right, Radio Slam family, we have come to the close uh, of this edition of Radio Islam. I um, want to thank you for your for listening. Uh, we thank our engineers over at WCEV. Uh, I'm your host, producer, engineer Tariq alameen Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. The views expressed by the host and our guest are theirs and not to be uh, construed as a representation of Sound Vision Inc. Okay, we've got all that out the way. So we pray that uh, you enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, whatever time it is, uh, wherever you're at. And we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you.
1: (music)